Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, we better get into this because I need to know if this is a quagmire triplet or not. A series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. T- book the tent, the slippery slope. Chapter five. Ow. Sorry. <laughs> I karate chopped the pillow and Peyton's hand is right there. Hiya! Hiya, hiya! <laughs> when you have many questions on your mind and you may suddenly have an opportunity to ask, ask them, the questions tend to crowd together and trip over one another, much like passengers on a crowded train when it reaches the popular station. With Bruce and the Snow Scouts asleep, the two elder Baudelaire's finally had an opportunity to talk with this mysterious scout in the sweater, but everything they wanted to ask seemed hopeless and entangled. How Violet start the 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 Violet started, but the question was, how did you know that we were the Baudelaire's? And she stumbled the question out. Who are you? And fell back against the question. Are you a member of the VFD? And what does VFD stand for? Do Klaus said. But the question, do you know where our sister is? Tripped over the question. Do you know if one of our parents is alive? Which already struggled with how can we get to the headquarters? And will my sisters and I ever find a safe okay, place to live? Him? Don't know yet. And constantly being threatened by Count Olaf and his trope as they hatch a plan to steal the Baudelaire fortune, although the middle Baudelaire knew that the last question was not likely to be answered. I think that they can trust him because he, it seems like all along he knew that they were the Baudelaire's and he yeah, didn't see anything. Yeah, but imagine, like, it was the wrong person. I think that they're just so desperate for help because nobody's helping them. So if somebody's offering them help, the only hope that they have is to take take it. You know? Yeah, but, like, what if they don't see it? Then that's it. They cut their heads off and they die. I'm sorry, this book is just as dark as that, so. I'm sure you have lots of questions, the boy whispered, but we can't talk here. Bruce is a light sleeper, and he's caused the VFD enough trouble already without learning learning another of our secrets. I promise you all of your questions will be answered, but first we need to get to the headquarters. Come with me. Without another word, the sweater scout turned around, and the Baudelaire saw that he was wearing a backpack. A backpack. What am I, in kindergarten? Can I get my backpack? wearing a backpack inscribed with an insignia that they had seen at Caligari Carnival. At first glance, the insignia merely appeared to be an eye, but the children discovered that if you looked very closely, you could see the initials VFD clearly hidden in the drawing. The scout began to walk, and the two siblings got off of, out, out of their blankets as quietly as they could and followed him. To their surprise, he did not lead them around towards the cave entrance, but towards the back of the cave where the snow scout's fire had been. Now, it was nothing more than a pile of gray ashes, although it was still very warm and the smell of smoke was in the air. The sweatered scout reached into his pocket and brought out a flashlight. I had to wait for the fire to die down before I showed you, he said with a nervous glance at the sleeping scouts and turned the flashlight on and shone it above them. Look! Violet and Klaus looked and saw there was a hole in the ceiling as big enough for a person to crawl through. The last whiffs of smoke, wisps of smoke from the fire were floating up to the hole. A chimney, Klaus murmured. I was wondering why the fire why the fire didn't fill the cave with smoke. 
The official name is Vertical Flame Diversion, the scout whispered. It serves as a chimney and is a secret passageway. It runs from the cave of the Valley of Four Drafts to the cave of the Valley of Four Drafts. Do you know how, like, black and sooty that would be? You would climb up it and it would be, like, all the soot from, an a- from a chimney. Um, if we climb up there, we can reach the headquarters within hours instead of hiking all the way up the mountain. Years ago, there was a metal pole that ran down the center of the hole so people could slide down and hide in this cave in case of an emergency. The pole is gone now, but there could be carved tie holes on the side to climb up, up all the way. Um, he shone the flashlight on the cave wall, and sure enough, the Baudelaire's could see two rows of small carved holes, perfect for sticking one's feet and hands into. How did you know all of this? Violet asked. The scout looked at her for a moment, and it seemed that the Baudelaire's he was smiling from behind his mask. I read it, he said, in a book called Remarkable Phenomena of Mortmain Mountains. That sounds familiar, Klaus said. It should, the scout replied. I borrowed it from Dr. Montgomery's library. Dr. Montgomery was the Baudelaire's first guardian, one of the first guardians. And at the mention of his name, Violet and Klaus found that they had several more questions they wanted to ask. When Violet started, why Klaus started? Carm, another voice startled with the Baudelaire's and the scout. Another voice startled the Baudelaire's and the scout. The voice of Bruce walking halfway up the sound of the conversation. All three children froze for a moment as Bruce turned over in his blanket with a long sigh and went back to sleep. Oh, phew, goodness. We'll talk when we reach the headquarters, the scout whispered. The vertical flame diversion is very echoey, so we'll have to be absolutely silent as we climb, or the echoing noise will alert Bruce and the snow scouts. It'll be very dark inside, so you have to feel against the wall for footholds, and the air will be smoky. But if you keep your mask on, the... They'll filter the air and it'll make it easier to breathe. I'll go first and lead the way. Are you ready? Violet and Klaus turned around to one another. Even though they could not see each other's faces through the mask, both siblings knew that they were not ready at all. Following the complete, following a complete stranger into the passageway through the center of a mountain towards the headquarters they could not even be sure existed did not seem like a very safe thing to do. The last thing that they had agreed to take was a risky journey that their baby sister had snatched away from them. What would happen this time when they were all alone with a mysterious masked figure in a dark, smoky hole? I know it must be hard to trust me. Oh my gosh, I just remembered, Peyton. You didn't do your homework, did you? <gasps> oh my gosh. You're going to have to wake up early tomorrow, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's okay. You have another day to do it. I know it must be hard to trust me, Baudelaire's, said the sweatered scout after so many people. <laughs> that was a cute response. So many people have done you wrong. Can you give me a reason to trust you, Violet said. The scout looked down for a moment and then turned his mask to the Baudelaire's. One of you had mentioned the word zenial, he said. <laughs> it was just such a cute, authentic, genuine response. It was cute. When you were talking with... <laughs> okay, sorry. When you were talking with Bruce about, Bruce about the silly pledge, zenial is a word here which refers to giving the gift to a stranger. He's right, Klaus murmured to his sister. I know that having a good vocabulary doesn't guarantee that I'm a good person, the boy said, but it does mean that I read a lot, a great deal. And in my experience, well-read people are less likely to be evil. Violet and Klaus looked at one another from their masks. Neither of them entirely were entirely convinced about what the mask scout had said. 
There are, of course, plenty of evil people in the world who have read a great many of books, and plenty of very kind people who seem to find the method of spend, other methods of spending their time. But the Baudelaire's knew that this kind this was a kind of truth to the boy's statement, and they had to admit that they preferred to take their chances with a stranger who knew the word who knew what the word zenial meant, rather than existing, exiting the cave and trying to find the headquarters all by themselves. So the siblings turned back to the scout, nodded their, nodded their masks, and followed him to the foothills in the wall, making sure that they still had all of the items from the caravan with them. The foothills were surprisingly easy to footholds were surprisingly easy to use, and in a short time, the Baudelaire's were following the mysterious scout to the dark, smoky entrance of the passageway. The vertical flame diversion that connected the Mortmain Mountain headquarters to the particular volunteer feline detective cave was on one of the most heavily guarded secrets of the world. Anyone who wanted to use it had to correctly answer a series of questions concerning the force of gravity, the habits of the carnivorous beast, and the central theme of Russian novels. So very few people even knew what the passage, passageway's exact whereabouts until two, the Baudelaire's journey. The passageway had not been used for many years, ever since one of the comrades removed the pole in order to use it as a construction for a submarine. So it would be accurate to say that the vertical flame diversion was a road less traveled, even less traveled than the path through the Mortmain Mountains on which this book began. While the Baudelaire's had a very good reason to be on the road less traveled, as they were in a great hurry to reach the headquarters and rescue their sister from the clutches of Count Olaf, there is no reason whatsoever that you should be on the road less traveled and choose the choose to read the rest of this woeful chapter, which describes their dark and smoky journey. The ashen, the ashen air from the snow scouts' fire was difficult to breathe, even though the masks... Even through the masks, Violet and Klaus had to struggle not to cough, knowing that the coughing would echo into the passageway and wake up Bruce. But there's no reason for you to struggle through the dis dismal description of a problem. A number of spiders had noticed the foothills were not being used lately and had moved in and converted them into spider condominiums. But you were under no obligation to read what happened to the spiders or when they are suddenly awoken by the sudden appearance of a climbing foot in their new homes. And FYI, if any parents are listening to this, if you're a friend's kid and grew up on friends, the word dismal, I learned that on friends on the episode where Joey's review of his acting was dismal and he thought it was good. <sighs> Anyways, you don't know what that, what friends is, Hompe. Huh, Have you ever seen friends? Peyton, have, have you ever seen the show Friends? Are you falling asleep? She's falling asleep. No, just read. Oh, just read. Bossy, bossy, boss. <laughs> I don't think I'm... Okay. You're falling asleep and being goofy. And as the Baudelaire's followed the scouts further and further up the strong freezing winds to the top of the mountains, they would come rushing down through the passageway. All three youngsters would cling to the foothills for their very lives, hoping that the wind would not blow them back down the, the cave floor. But although the Baudelaire's found it necessary to keep climbing through the rest of the dark day so that they could reach the headquarters as quickly as possible, and I find it necessary to finish describing it so my account of the Baudelaire's case is accurate and as complete as possible. It is not necessary for you to finish reading the rest of this chapter so that you can be as miserable as possible. 
my description of the Baudelaire's journey up through the road less traveled begins on the next page, but I beg you not to travel along with them. Instead, as you take a page from the Baudelaire's from Bruce's book and skip ahead to chapter six and find my report on Sunny Baudelaire's tribulations, a word here which means opportunities to eavesdrop while cooking for the theater troupe with Count Olaf, or you may skip ahead to the chapter seven when the elder Baudelaire's arrive to the site of VFD headquarters, an unmasked stranger who led them there, or if you may take, or if you may take the road very frequently traveled and skip away from the book this book altogether and find something better <laughs> and find something better to do with your time besides finishing this unhappy tale and becoming very weary weeping and well-read person the Baudelaire's journey to the vertical flame diversion was was so dark and treacherous that not that it is not enough to write the Baudelaire's journey up the vertical flame diversion was so dark and treacherous that it is not enough Wait, why did it just say that twice? To write the Baudelaire's journey up the vertical flame of diversion was so dark and treacherous that it... Okay, it's saying that over and over again, like four times. Was so dark and treacherous that it is not enough to write, my dear sister. Okay, it said it like five times. I am taking a great risk in hiding a letter to you inside of my book, but I am certain that people, even the most melancholy, will read well-read people in the world will have found my account of lives of the Baudelaire's ch- of the Baudelaire children even more wretched than I had promised, and so this book will stay on the shelves of li- libraries, utterly ignored, and waiting for you to open it and find this message as an o- additional precaution. I placed a warning, and the rest of this chapter contains a description of the Baudelaire's miserable journey up the vertical flame diversion. So, anyone who has the courage to read this such description is properly brave enough to read my letter to you. I have learned the whereabouts of the evidence of the evidence that will exonerate me. A phrase here which means prove the authorities that it is Count Olaf and not me who has started many fires. Your suggestion so many years ago at the picnic that the tea set would be a handy place to hide anything important, a small, even dark event of a dark day, has turned to, out to be correct. Incidentally, your other picnic suggestion that that a simple combination of sliced mango, black beans, and chopped celery mixed with black pepper, lime juice, olive oil would be more delicious chilled, would be make a more delicious chilled salad also turned out to be correct. I am on my way to the Valley of Four Drafts in order to continue my research on the Baudelaire case. I hope also to retrieve the aforementioned Oh my gosh, aforementioned evidence at last. It is too late to restore my happiness, of course, but at least I can clear my name. From the site of VFD headquarters, I will head straight to the Hotel of, of Denouement. I should arrive by, well, it wouldn't be wise to type the date, but it should be easy for you to remember that Beatrice's birthday. Meet me at the hotel. Try to get us a room without ugly curtains. Well, with all due respect, Lemony Snicket, P.S., if you substitute chopped celery with hearts of palm, it is equally delicious. Again, another very, very strange chapter. Weird, weird, weird. <laughs>